0: Today's podcast is brought to you by the new HBO series, Any Given Wednesday with Bill Simmons. The new show will feature intimate conversations with compelling guests from the worlds of pop culture, sports, entertainment, the arts, and technology. Any Given Wednesday with Bill Simmons will also include field segments and Simmons' signature commentary on current events. Make sure to watch Any Given Wednesday with Bill Simmons, premiering Wednesday, June 22nd at 10 p.m. on HBO. We're also brought to you by our new website, TheRinger.com, presented by Miller Lite. Go now and check out the latest in pop culture, sports, and tech at TheRinger.com. And last but not least, we wanted to mention today's episode of The Ringer Wrestling Podcast is brought to you by SeatGeek, our presenting sponsor and the only fan-friendly app for buying and selling sports and and music tickets. Other sites have gone back to the same old tactic of showing you a lower price and then charging huge fees at checkout, but at SeatGeek, the price you see is always the price you pay. With SeatGeek, there's no guesswork. You'll know exactly how much you're paying, where you're sitting, and whether or not you're getting a good deal, all right from your phone. So drop your old site and experience buying and selling tickets the way it should be. To start using SeatGeek, download the free SeatGeek app or go to SeatGeek.com. Welcome to the still unnamed Ringer Wrestling Podcast. Actually, someone someone tweeted me if if it's going to be unnamed, we should just call it the vacant title because that's the greatest pun of all time. I love it. Yeah, yeah I'm uh, into it. Anyway, we uh, I'm here. I'm sitting here in uh, the lavish offices of uh, Bill Simmons with the w- one of the people that people that people have demanded be on my new podcast on a fairly regular basis. My buddy Blake. Hey, what's going on? And. Uh, friend friend of the ringer former ground staffer and and cheap heat uh special guest no no
1: one asked for me to be on this show i'm so sorry i asked for you to be on this show this is dave schilling everybody
0: from the guardian what's up
2: i think one person asked for me to be on the show and it was it was shoemaker and that's it
0: so uh, what right before they told right before they had to do that introduction dave was telling me that wait what is the story with seamus oh seamus wants to be venom in the marvel universe Oh, He wants so to not... play the
1: character of Venom. Okay. What, what were you thinking I meant?
0: Well, I grew up watching Jerry the King Lawler and Memphis Wrestling, and they actually had fake Spider-Man on that show, as well as like fake Ninja Turtles and some like monster movie monster. Jason, there was at least two Jasons. <laughs> yeah, he's not trying to make Venom his character
1: on WWE, which I don't think would get over very well.
0: No. And Just going to throw I, that out there. That's a bad idea. And I think Finn idea. Balor already sort of has the, the, the dibs on that. <laughs> a little <laughs> bit. You're right. Yeah. Um, so is there a chance that Seamus is going to be the, Going to be? I'll read this. Venom? This is on Bleacher Or It's, not, it's on Uproxx. Um, I
1: want to be a part of the Marvel Universe, Seamus said. I am a big fan of the Marvel comics and The Walking Dead and Game of Thrones, but I would love to be a part of the <laughs> Marvel Universe. No offense to Topher Grace, but he just didn't look like Eddie Brock. He looked like Eddie Brock
0: Wait. had been on a hunger strike Is for he a really few name-checking Eddie Brock? Yeah, he knows about comics. Wow, it's great. That's great. I thought great. Like, the first part of that sounded like he, when he just got a microphone in front of his face for the first time from like a real outlet. And he was like, I'm a big fan of, and then reads the top ten television shows off a piece of paper. You know? how, how much does Seamus think that he looks like a rogue
2: newspaper
1: reporter, Eddie Brock? Uh,
0: well, he does as have to the, the page Grace. boy
2: hat. He does have
1: that hat and that sweet vest he always wears. Thing. yeah. I don't, yeah, this seems like a very terrible
0: idea, and I think he's just hoping to get another <laughs> acting job before his career <laughs> before is Before over. the shine wears off. All right, speaking of terrible ideas, the biggest thing in pro wrestling history happened this week, and we're talking about Sheamus playing a comic book character. <laughs> um, we, the biggest thing in pro wrestling that could possibly have happened has nothing to do with pro wrestling, and that is that Brock Lesnar has announced that he's going to be fighting at UFC 200, um against Mark Hunt. Now that's the official thing that was he was announcing on SportsCenter the other day. Uh, we will get to Raw Monday Night Raw. We will get to the the impending brands put later on, but up front, I mean like how crazy is this that that uh that Brock Lesnar is now a, a two sport competitor?
1: Well the part that I don't understand is I thought he had diverticulitis and he couldn't fight anymore. Right. So did that just magically go away, or is yeah, he risking Yeah, I thought if somebody it?
2: punched him in the stomach, he would, he would die or
0: something He'd like that. He'd diarrhea all over the octagon. He'd die and diarrhea. Yeah. I don't know that that's necessarily like a disqualification, but <laughs> the I think that it's just a matter of him being much, clo- much more stricken with it when he fought Alistair Overeem. That he was just like he had he had a long he had a long healing process ahead of him, and now he feels fully healed. Right. I mean, but I I
2: thought part of it. I mean, I, I, maybe I just don't know, but didn't they take out like a large portion of his stomach and sure. that in real fighting? Not that not that the WWE isn't real because it is.
0: But if it if it wasn't real, I mean, that isn't that. I'm, I'm just thinking. That, I, mean, not I have good? no idea. I'm not a well. I used to be a doctor, but uh, you know, I have left all that that life behind me. The. <laughs> No, but I mean, I feel like if you got like a kidney transplant, they would tell you to not play football for two years, you know. But then maybe you could make a comeback. Sure, this is a limited comeback though, right? This is only this one, is a fight. Oh a no! Well, he specifically said he's they. Uh, who, who interviewed him on ESPN? I don't want to get. Uh, he was wrong. on Sports. Yeah, he yeah, was on SportsCenter in the morning. Yeah, but anyway, she asked him um, uh, what what happens if you won, and he said, "Oh, I'm going to win, but I have no comment on what happens after that." <laughs>
2: So how long that, has he been training for this? I mean, it's gotta be, he's got to be getting after it for, for a couple
0: months at least. He's he's been said, he said, the, he said that the moment that he signed the WWE deal, he, and, you, and remember, when he, was signing, when he signed that WWE, that new WWE contract before WrestleMania, there were lots of rumors that he was going to sign with UFC. Yes. And he made a big appearance on SportsCenter again, I think SportsCenter, to announce that he was staying with WWE, which is a big coup for them at the time. But he said that as soon as he did that, he felt like he had made the wrong decision. So, you know, he's a fighter at heart. And I think that he knew that he could just probably get whatever he wanted, which is true. You know, the weird thing is that it's I don't know. I mean, like, I understand. I'm, I'm not going to spend I'm not going to spend this whole show like arguing in favor of a of a wrestler's union. I've, I've done that before. But I understand why Brock Lesnar has greater negotiating power and why Vince just was going to roll over and let him do this. Right.
1: Well, but, he's the biggest draw in the company. There's, well, by there's far. no question.
0: But wouldn't it be better if, if like everybody could do stuff like this? Like, wouldn't it be more interesting if Dolph Ziggler was popping up in like Pop-Tarts commercials without asking WWE, <laughs> and then they would just have to roll with it? I mean, wouldn't that like just kind of bring another level of interest of like intrigue into the? Yeah, promotion? but then the Pop-Tart would pop
2: up and ziggler would get a concussion and it would just be there's <laughs> no terrible. way that he doesn't get a concussion in that
1: commercial and, and what if it's like a bad product what if it's uh you know bray wyatt advertising like uh skeet shooting equipment or something yeah so, uh, little, i mean i guess that's the the cheapening the brand a little bit
2: maybe but yeah i mean but they, that's a that, that's the point right is that brock isn't going to give you a quote-unquote bad product he's going well, he to get, theoretically speaking he he's going to go knocked down and, in
0: three seconds by mark hunt
2: he got knocked down in three seconds by Frank Mir, right?
0: I mean, no, he got, well, no, got attacked by Frank Mir. Yeah. Right? It was a quick match, but yeah. still, so, but there was, but he wasn't coming back at that point. Um, I don't know. I mean, okay, so let's let's talk about Brock in the general sense. Like, I I I emailed you guys to take a look at Brock's raw debut, which was coincidentally for the hardcore listeners of the show, the episode sequentially after the brand split episode I watched. We watched last week. Um, it was a quick appearance. I think it was actually the week before the brand split.
2: No, no, no. Because Brock was drafted the next week onto Raw. Oh, really? Yeah.
0: This oh, it's right there. Does he know?
2: Mm-hmm. He knows. Yo, dude, he knows. I was all up in that network last night. I did a deep dive.
0: May, don't blame... if it, One of us is certainly wrong, and whoever's wrong, I, I don't think... I think that, you know the blame can go on the network for putting everything weirdly in like reverse order sometimes, and sometimes in <laughs> proper order. Like, I don't... Anyway... Um, but yeah, so so there was so Brock was you know made a quick appearance in, well, a, a throwaway match, I guess. I'm a big Al Snow whoa, fan. Yeah, whoa! <laughs> come on, man. you were respectful. Al Snow can get a good match out of anybody, even Maven, who he was correct. Fighting that night. Al Snow, Al Snow is was literally on TNA wrestling last week trying to get a good match out of some like two tag teams. Well, it's it's like 14 years
1: later. Yeah, but I don't know no, he can't the,
0: work anymore. I don't. I, I don't know go- that it matters. He's like twice as muscular than he's ever been. He's like, he's like the, he. He looks like the main eventer he always should have been. Right now, I don't know if he can move. This is but, the hottest take I've heard on this show before. <laughs> don't don't just, no should have been WWE. F- if you <laughs> want to get into tea in it, man, we could do a whole hour on the Jeff Hardy Matt Hardy feud. That is that is. Uh, listen, the world would be better off if we just didn't. If I just didn't talk about it, um, but. Uh What was they talking about? Oh yeah, so Brock Lesnar so, so maven and Maven and I uh, Snow are having a hardcore match. Weirdly, Spike Dudley runs in about one second before Brock Lesnar makes his like supposedly shocking run in, and then Lesnar comes in and just sort of like power bombs the hell out of everybody what what is there do you see that? I mean I guess you look at that moment, you can look at the moment where he made his big comeback the Monday night after Raw. Uh, I mean, the Monday Night Raw after WrestleMania, like his big triumphant return from the UFC. Is it? Is was there any way to tell when he first debuted that he was going to mean this much to the sport?
1: Not at all, because you didn't know he was going to go to UFC. The only reason why Brock Lesnar became Brock Lesnar is because he became a legitimate athlete. Right? Well, he, he was already. He, legit- he was already. A well, yeah, but athlete. I mean, he he went in to US athlete. professional athlete UFC. Right very high-profile job where he beat people up. He was the champion. And so he comes in and he's booked a certain way because, you know, WrestleMania 19 and there, uh, all those, like, attempts to get him over and be the the guy failed.
2: And I think at the time... I remember when he came in, he he was super athletic, more athletic than the other guys his size. But he looked very, with the crew cut and just being jacked out of his mind, he looked a lot like Nathan Jones or a lot of those kind of like Cena and Orton sort of too, except he was a little bit more puffed up. I think Cena was after him maybe. I think Cena was maybe like later that year and Orton was maybe later that year. But he, he looked very much like just some stiff dude who couldn't really do very much, and it was kind of impacted by the fact that, like, after that, Batista came, and a lot of other guys, and at the time, Batista wasn't a very good wrestler, but at the time, like, a lot of these dudes, I just thought it was, okay, well, this is another big, gigantic Jack guy with a crew cut that Vince has uh, super hard on for. He could have been
1: Heidenreich very easily.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, it is interesting, (laughs) yeah, I I guess, like, in an era where the the overwhelming impression you get from, like, an episode of Raw, like, that, that whole episode of Raw was, I mean there was the rock who was, who had a big role. But that's my it's that that's the weird rock. That's sort of like the Hogan's first first few months in WCW era rock where he's like kind of oddly skinny and has a bad haircut. You yeah. know, like he was he was between he was between rocks, if that makes any sense. But uh but like so the NWO and all the hardcore stuff, the ECW influence sort of broadly like there were very like everybody was just kind of wearing slacks or like wearing jeans and T shirts or whatever, except <laughs> The people that WWF was like churning out of their developmental system, who all just looked like generic like makeup players in video games, and Brock Lesnar was sort of one of those guys prior yeah. to getting a giant sword penis tattooed on his chest. Like he he was, and and he's obviously gigantic. But you're right in the sense that he didn't. The fact that he was a collegiate standout, Olympic stand Olympic standout, or collegiate. just collegiate, yeah, collegiate standout was sort of beside the point because the wrestling world has seen a million of those, and traditionally. Um you know that's been the realm of of professional athletes who have sort of failed at their sport or kind of or reached the end of the line at their at, at their chosen sport but
2: what was what was striking about watching it last night and having seen you know however many years of his career afterwards is how how quick he was relative to now he 's not quite as quick now i mean that's just part of age he was twenty five years old at the time, but the guy was He's as strong as he is now, except trim and just the fastest guy you've ever seen in your life.
0: Yeah, it looked like they had no trepidation. I mean, always, you always hear about the old like the uh, like the the um, the Bookers or whatever. Like the 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 Arn Andersons backstage will tell you if you're a big guy, like you know, absolutely never do moves that a small that like a flippy guy will do or whatever because it it just it it makes light. I mean, no pun intended. It belittles your power to be doing, like, moonsaults off the top. But you could tell that from the moment Brock Lesnar got there, they were like, none of the rules apply. Exactly. Because he was just doing this crazy stuff. Like, even just the way that he carried himself. He was just, like, like cracking his neck, you know, and just, like, jumping around the entire time. Well, they they booked him as a monster at the beginning. He beats The
1: Rock at SummerSlam, wins the title after, what, six months of being in the company. And his title reign kind of flopped. A little bit after that, and then they turn him babyface, they get rid of Paul Heyman, and then they have him talking and like trying to be like this superhero, and that flopped, and then the Goldberg uh, program happens, and then he's gone. You left
0: pushing Zach Gowan down the stairs oh, out of that timeline. <laughs> I don't,
1: I've been trying to forget that that happened.
0: I just saw Zach Gowan on TV. Is he on American Ninja Warrior this season, or am I crazy? His name has popped up a lot. On the internet and in weird places, and so
1: maybe he is. I just don't watch American Ninja Warrior. Man. My
2: Zach Gowan Google alert is off now,
0: so I'll <laughs> turn it back on. Um, anyway, so yeah, I mean, it's I don't know. It's he's, he was he was like this crazy specimen, like you said, Blake. But, and but yeah, you just never knew. I mean, like it was impossible. Well, I guess it was just impossible to predict. To tie it back around, what, I mean, what's
2: what besides the speed, which was super striking. It was if you watch his facial expressions in the ring as he's waiting to powerbomb Spike Dudley and beat the crap out of Maven or whatever. The guy is a total cartoon. Like he's making all these facial expressions, like kind of, he's like kind of crazy, kind of unhinged. And that's so different from the guy he's become, which is the, I don't give an F. I'm going to be me. I'm here for the money. I'm here to beat people up. I'm here because I'm really, really good at it. Not because I'm necessarily a pro wrestler. I'm a fighter, whatever. That's, crazy how much he's changed you you should really watch those early kind of 2002 matches and the guy is so much different as he's almost a it's almost like watching a caricature of Brock Lesnar
0: yeah See, this is the kind of I I wrote I wrote a little thing who knows if it will ever actually see print but about like how Ali like you know Muhammad Ali in wrestling and it was a sort of weird thing where he adopted the style of a pro wrestler and the and then wrestlers at that point kind of had to play I mean wrestlers uh, Ali bringing like the heel promo into the into the sports world, I guess my argument is that like it sort of just took the wind out of pro wrestling because what then what does wrestling have that you know that's unique to wrestling you know it's it's fake fighting yeah whatever but um, I mean that's sort of like an aside but there is an extent to which Brock sort of took all of the the wind out of the sails of. A certain of that aspect of like the over emotional or over like over emoting pro wrestler because he was acting like doing all these facial expressions doing all these like over flexing and stuff he was doing what they what are what you know wrestling with what people will trainers will tell wrestlers that's how you how you're supposed to act to seem like a legit badass then yeah. Brock Lesnar went and became a legit badass, and he came back, and he was like, no, this is how you act if you're a legit badass, right? right. I mean, and it's so much more dangerous than these. It's almost like he's
2: on a, some kind of a Broadway play where they tell all the actors yeah. to over-accentuate all your facial motion, and they put makeup <laughs> on everybody. That's Brock That's Brock as a Broadway actor, and now, except the the play was about fighting, and
0: now he's just actually a fighter. He's just a one-man show exactly. at this point. Exactly, it's insane. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and it's, I mean, it's interesting because we're in a world where we have all these Conor McGregor type. Mike Bisping, who just won this weekend, like, God bless that guy. Crazy. Have been basically doing the heel promo shtick in UFC forever. Brock Lesnar is the wrestler, goes over there and doesn't do it at all, except for, like, that one time when he talked about Bud Light or whatever and got in trouble. But, I mean, he's, he yeah, you're right. He came back and he just had no need to be a wrestler anymore because he had established what it meant to be the baddest man on the planet, basically, you know? Um, I don't know. I mean, it's crazy that he's doing this fight. Let's, let's jump to, let's do one more question before we jump ahead. But like, if he loses, let's just say he doesn't lose in five seconds. Let's say it's a fairly embarrassing loss to Mark Hunt, who is going to get built up like the baddest man in the world, even though he is a, uh, I mean, and he is a very bad man, but he's not, he's not, you know, he's been on the, he's been on the periphery of the title of the heavyweight title scene in the UFC a, a few times but he's not i mean no i don't think he's he's just a you know I think he's he, like 12 and 10 he's yeah. like a he's, 12 and 10 he's like okay. a yeah. decent the nicest or whatever. way to say it no one like has him pegged to be a champion any, at any point the the right you could probably i mean you could you could you would probably lose to him at 12 you 10 him.
1: and 1 with all of his losses coming via stoppage
0: yeah so all of the i mean right so i mean the, hunt is uh there is a way that he could be the UFC heavyweight champion because there have been a lot of kooky heavyweight of all the divisions in the UFC that has the most ebb and flow of talent, sort of. But like, um, let's just say that Brock Le- let's just say that Brock Lesnar loses to a guy who you know is not the top guy in the division, but has been fighting for the last five six years yeah. consistently. But then has to then he shows up at SummerSlam a month later. What? How does does that hurt Brock Lesnar's wrestling legacy? I think it has to. I think uh, because they built him up to be
1: unstoppable. He's only but lost. They started in...
0: from a point where he hadn't, where he had lost. I mean, he got he basically just got run out of the UFC, and then shows up at the RAW after WrestleMania, and is the it's the biggest moment in that. I mean, it's that's a, that's just one of the biggest moments in my wrestling lifetime. But if he loses and it's embarrassing, if he loses in
1: like five minutes then i think you lose a little bit of that heat that you've yeah. built up of him being unstoppable because the whole point of creating this Brock Lesnar character in WWE is to have someone who if he loses it's the most meaningful thing in the
2: entire And that's world. the mythology. I mean they, right. they've built this mythology of him and to have you can't just you can't build upon that and have him wear the gloves out to the ring and the shorts and the Jimmy Johns on his ass and all that stuff. You can't have him come out there and build on that and then press pause and just say, hey, he's actually going to he's going to fight for real now. But if he gets his ass kicked in two seconds, don't worry about it. That's you, you can't ignore it. It's right. so, too real.
0: Yeah. Uh, I don't want to get too deep in the weeds. I, by the way, I was just playing devil's advocate. I think you're totally right, Dave. Like, I think that he's I think that a loss would be a bad thing. I'm sure they've they've thought it through and they have a way to deal with it. I don't want to get too deep in the weeds of the contract situation, although he seemed to say that he just went went into Vince's office or called Vince and said, "Hey, I'm going to do this. Like, let me do this." And Vince, you know, they had a big boy talk. I think that was the quote, and it happened. A lot of people were speculating that this is sort of some sort of uh, there's a trade, and that where Rousey will get to do WrestleMania. I don't know. I mean, listen, if Brock Lesnar had said, like, you know, I want to eat your grandchild during the last contract negotiation, I think I think Vince might have said yes. Like that was as powerful a negotiating position as anyone has ever been in with Vince McMahon. It just, it doesn't, so it didn't surprise me every, I mean, I don't, I don't think there necessarily needs to be quid pro quo. I think he probably, you know, is in the position of being able, even now he can just say, I'm going to, even if it's not in the contract, I'm going to do this. And Vince tries to make the most of it. That said, whether or not Rousey comes over, uh, whether or not the greatest, the greatest fantasy booking tweet that I got during this whole thing was a dude said, we just imagined like during the draft lottery, if Shane walked out on stage and was just like, uh, before the next pick, I need to announce a trade with the ultimate fighting <laughs> championship and then CM Punk's music hits and everybody just goes bananas. Uh, none of that's going to happen. That said, if he loses, I think Mark Hunt is available for, but to WWE. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, it, so it's like Tank Abbott,
2: the, though, so we can get that guy. Is oh. Tank Abbott, <laughs> oh,
0: by the way, rest in peace, Kimbo Slice. Is yeah. like, like sort oh, of man. relates to this conversation. And, he, and he's the sort of guy I said when you were walking in that in another world could have been a champion, a professional wrestling champion. I mean, it wouldn't have been a great situation for fans or anyone, but like, man, I mean, when Tank Abbott and Dan Severin and all those guys were getting pushed in WCW, like, that was, man, Kimbo Slice could have been could have been on straight top, off yeah. an internet
1: video right <laughs> near your ring. You could have been a television champion or a hardcore champion
0: or something for yeah. sure. Yeah. Um but yeah, it's I think that Mark Hunt of all of the people they're putting him up against is a guy who could just be like, "Opt out I'm going to opt out of the U of professional fighting and just go do the WWE stuff for a while."
2: I have a question for both of you guys. So, more than anything though, this is just it's it costs something because you're the cost is you're allowing Brock Lesnar to perhaps get seriously actually injured. Oh, yeah. But isn't this just the best plug for SummerSlam ever? Yeah,
0: 100%. This is just the mo- the best, most inventive marketing campaign that you could ever I don't possibly know. imagine. I mean, listen, I, the, if... It's I think it's silly when people I mean, this the silly thing about talking about like Ronda Rousey is part of the trade. That all might be true. But if I'm Vince McMahon and there were negotiations, I don't think they're probably I don't think he and Dana got on the phone, but maybe. But if he and Dana really got on the phone and they were legitimately negotiating some sort of talent swap for this, I think that you're also in the realm of the conversation where you can say, uh, I will let Brock Lesnar do this if Mark Hunt takes a dive. You know, I mean, like <laughs> I would not be talking if this was a work. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I'm just like it's not. If we're talking about talent swaps between people who legitimately hate each other, you know, it's like anything's on the table. Yeah, and it doesn't hurt UFC. I mean, as long as it doesn't look crazy, you right. know. Like anyway, I think it depends. Maybe it's I'm, I'm too. I'm too in the weeds of pro wrestling. <laughs> Obviously, that would hurt UFC. But you know, they can also like. Suspend their best reporter and restore his credentials the next day, and it's and that's all going to be fine. I think SummerSlam depends on who they book him against,
1: who is the guy who's working the program after US?
2: Speaking of which, can you talk to me, can you tell the people about the text that you sent me last night, of what was happening to you on the internet?
0: Oh, yeah. So, I didn't even tweet anything about Errol Hawane, who obviously I know I've done a podcast with, and I, uh, hopefully I'll have you know a chance to talk to him about it soon, but I didn't tweet anything about that or write anything about that. Uh deliberately, you know, I just don't... I did Like, I had... I, I wanted to give myself a little bit of breath, and maybe I would write something about it, but I didn't want to go off half-cocked on Twitter, of all places. So I hadn't said anything, and then... And then, last night, I was checking Twitter after Raw was over, because I was writing during that whole thing, during the whole show, and Disco Inferno, of <laughs> all people, had tweeted me asking my opinion about the Ariel Hawani thing, and saying it was just like if the guy who was leaking... WWE results under Reddit. If he, if WWE had found out who he was, we, you know, what should they do? And he asked me as if it was the same thing as Ariel Hawani who's like just a who's a reporter getting thrown out. Like it's not. It's 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 crazy. So you're neither a reporter nor a personal friend of Disco Inferno. Uh, well, I mean. I'm not getting paid by WWE, and Ariel at this point isn't getting paid by UFC. Although there, there is a sort of correlation. I don't know that there's any there's any like pretty way to defend the situation to to like there's no there's no idealist. Way to look at this. I think
2: you're bearing the lead, which is Disco Inferno. he's <laughs> yeah.
0: tweeting at you personally. <laughs> Disco Inferno. I had no, have never tweeted this guy before, and he's and he's tweeting at me. That's a pretty big moment for me. Yeah, that's huge. But man. now people are going to accuse me of being of being in the you know being like in the bag for Disco Inferno and like vis a vis Disco Inferno. I mean, Disco Inferno. Now I'm like I'm basically like on the payroll of WWE, and I'm just as corrupt as anybody else right, just
2: because you have that disco inferno tattoo on your shoulder does yeah, exactly. not mean that
0: you i'm gonna like at some point boy. tweet some breaking wwe news and they're gonna ban me from every event from then on and people are gonna be like see you shouldn't have been tweeting with disco inferno i don't I think know that's those a good things.
1: that's a good piece of advice for everyone guys disco be. inferno obviously is a little unhinged right now if he's coming at you like that Oh, He's no, he definitely he going to tweet has you Maybe he Maybe he
0: just knows... Maybe he just, you know, reads my Twitter timeline and thinks that, like, it's worth tweeting at me. I don't I know. I barely read your Twitter timeline. Yeah, I don't too. know why Disco Inferno's Yeah, you, Yeah, that's weird. You spent more time with Disco Inferno this week than, than I have, but we can go into that story a totally different time. <laughs> it's fine. We can talk We're about We're giving that him a lot of run on this. Yeah, podcast. I don't want to. Yeah, yeah, maybe we should go. Maybe we should go. Um, all right. Let's move on to Monday Night Raw really briefly. I don't know that there was anything any one like storyline wise thing that really stood out but i think it's safe to say this was the like weirdest episode of raw in some time this was sort of like raw's answer to a weird twitter like I, there was so many strange things happening in every segment it was re- it was almost like they well you guys just jump in it was almost like they like they made a really hard choice like they just said like let's let this really like this really goofy intern run the show tonight or something like because it was there was a lot of oddness
2: was were Seth and Roman on unavail- is there some secret European tour that I don't know about that's think, a
0: really good question I think the video
1: package was very successful in pushing that angle yeah way more successful than last week's angle which was. Seth Rollins running toward the ring and running back
0: and I being think, a coward. I, which I think is that not... they. I think you're absolutely right. I, I watch those things and those are two of the best best video packages they've done in a long time. And I think that this ties back to Brock. I think that the I think that the lesson learned that that you know WWE can learn if anything from Lesnar is that it's it's powerful to have a champion who's not there every week. It yep. makes the belt seem like it's worth more than having a dude who's just like getting in random like. Title matches or even non title matches that last four minutes every week. You yeah. That brings some prestige and and a certain aura of significance to, to 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 the main event feud.
1: Yeah, there's no value in dragging him out and having him wrestle um, Dolph Ziggler or Bray Wyatt every week or whoever it is that's sort of an undercard figure that he you know he's going to win. There's not gonna be a title change on Raw. What's it's the just point not in, that
2: what's world. the point in beating one of those guys on TV when it is how much is that Forwarding the story as opposed to these video packages, yeah. which does essentially the same thing. right And
0: he's not cutting promos and, at all, really. So yeah, no chance for him to get booed. Yep. And then, the, but then the other thing is that, like, in the context of Raw, that we the Raw that we saw last night, uh <laughs> like they would have looked so it would it would have like inherently demeaned them. I loved Raw in a lot of ways as like a sort of like postmodern writer and and viewer of Raw. That was like I, it was just incredibly entertaining. But yeah, I mean, it was they—they they made the right call in like segmenting that off from the main event, you yeah. know, for, of the of of uh, Money in the Bank because man, it was just strange. So let's start. Let's start at the top. No pun intended. All all six dudes from the ladder match are standing on ladders as the show opens, basically, and they have a conversation. Like, what was the like what when when what, what's, what's going <laughs> when on? When all the
1: the dudes or women who are. In an angle together, are are fighting at a pay per view. Uh, they should beat each other up. There's
0: no reason why they would just not immediately start <laughs> well, swinging. I will defend that. I mean, I, th- I go back and for- I go back and forth. And this It's a little bit situational. Like UFC fighters can be in the same room and not necessarily want to beat each other up. If they really don't like each other, they try to punch each other or they you get close. But like, there's not the logic of like agreeing to standing on a ladder is what is what seems more bizarre to me. Was it more bizarre for the show
2: to open with one guy walking down the ramp and five dudes just perched up <laughs> on the elevator waiting for him to
0: come? One so,
2: of which was wearing a scarf. I was ten is minutes that, late. I'm Jer- sorry.
0: I'm on my way. Yeah, I go back and forth on Jericho a lot, but the uh, but he his outfit like briefs and a scarf is like the most heelish outfit in the history of mankind. He is, and being oh. the only guy wearing who insists on wearing the wrestling outfit, you know, just the briefs when everybody else is in clothes. Um, just the so strange and, and the dad bod too. Oh, just, no, yeah. that's what I mean. Oh. I
2: mean, he's got dad, the, Rick, dad bod and crushing the heel game.
0: <laughs> yeah, he's he's doing a really really good <laughs> job. Does
1: his does his scarf thing mean that Alberto Del Rio can't wear a scarf anymore? Because I feel like he hasn't
0: worn a scarf since Jericho came back.
2: Well. But if you don't have a limo, you can't wear a scarf. That's
1: true. That's
0: I think, the, and I, and also when he came back, I mean, I, th- I think the scarf is a little bit indicative of like the the like the the Mexican millionaire angle, which is not necessarily what he's with the same gimmick that he's pulling right now that he's working right now. I don't know. Uh, yeah, it was it was definitely a strange. It, it was I mean it was definitely just a weird look for everybody just to be talking I mean Kevin Owens God bless him did his both the hold that best did his best to hold that segment together but like he looked more uncomfortable than anybody up there despite being you know having some expertise uh can we talk about Teddy long for a second because
1: I don't know why he was on the show it, he didn't serve any plot purpose
0: was it just to promote Smackdown I think it was just to promote Smackdown that's the only thing I can think and it and it was I, I mean, I thought it was great. Like the of the <laughs> Why? number the number of in jokes. I think once he, I think once every couple of months you can have just an in joke filled raw. Teddy Teddy Long is like when I when we're if the three of us were hanging out at a bar instead of hanging out on sofas uh, recording a podcast at nine in the morning. We would make a Teddy Long joke at some point talking about the brand split, right? Yeah. This is WWE just acknowledging that they're like, you know, that they're like hip dads or whatever. Like, you know, I mean, it's, I I thought it was, I thought it was really funny.
2: I think the fact that me and Dave so quickly said absolutely to your (laughs) Teddy Long reference. (laughs) They're like, we have made those jokes just today. Oh, God. That's super telling of how nerdy it is. it's just,
1: it's, it's two weeks before Money in the Bank and they're doing this thing where the angle is Teddy Long is trying to get a job because he's potentially homeless? I mean, why was he trying to book <laughs> matches?
0: Yeah, the weird thing is that all whenever someone like Teddy Long leaves, like there's always just vague rumors of a, like the split was a little bit acrimonious or whatever, and then everybody always just will come back for a one-off guest spot, like no trouble at all. I don't want Getty. I don't I mean Getty. I don't want Teddy Long to be a regular fixture playing this kind of weird cartoon role on SmackDown when it happens. But I thought for just an episode of Raw to sort of like hype the idea of the brand split,
1: that's fine. Let me let me fantasy book the territory very quickly and say that if Teddy Long did come back, he'd have to come back as the manager for Golden Truth. Oh wow. that would blow up that angle.
0: I'm telling you. Well, I was watching a Teddy Long promo when he was managing the skyscrapers last week. Ooh. And um it was just really bizarre. Like it was like I love Teddy Long to death, but I remember not quite getting him at the time and watching it in retrospect that was like i don't know like i guarantee that like dangerous dan spivey can talk better than teddy long like what is the (laughs) he doesn't do anything except i guess the only thing that he does is show you the scale of these two guys right you put a tiny dude in front of two tall dudes and it's just like oh that's how big they are harvey whippleman was kind of like that i think just a weird
1: little tiny fella that yeah. looked strange next to Bertha Faye or something.
2: This is a kind of a Teddy Long non sequitur, which is a ridiculous statement. But does he still look weird to you guys as a skinny dude? Who Teddy Long? He's like one of those guys that looks, looks more yeah. normal to me as a fat guy. I know oh, it's yeah. been like I know it's been like he's fifteen like Al years. Yeah. yeah, he's yeah. His his it freaks me out. And I don't
0: like it. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. No, no. It's he's he's a. And he was never that fat, right? He was just like less He was a he was chubby rough. He's big. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I I liked th- Teddy. I liked, I liked uh, what were the other weird things that happened on Raw? There Charlotte were... apologized for insulting her father. Was that segment just, like, un- was that just retconning the week before, basically? I mean, not retconning, because they well, acknowledged it. Well, she still it, wanted but, like... to
2: have Christmas dinner with him. But, but was the
0: point of that, the beginning of that segment, just to, because they had gotten a lot of, like, I they had gotten a lot got of heat, shit for yeah. the way they did it the way the, before? It must have been.
1: But isn't that the point, to get her heat? Yeah, even
0: if it's legitimate, I think legit heat is the only heat that exists anymore. I mean, I absolutely, think the only way. Yeah, um, maybe the only way that Brock Lesnar could, could become a better heel is to lose to Mark Hunt in five seconds. Like the <laughs> it's like only legit heat is the only way to go. Uh, so that yeah, that was very weird and certainly like meta. There was the Cena versus the club thing for where one the club said get out the shovels at some point, right? Yeah, and then referenced Cena burying them, and Cena referred to them as the Bullet Club. Or so I saw online that he said Bullet Club, but like actually, okay. like was like there was a lot. So it of was just... a double entendre,
1: Pullet Club,
0: right? Yeah. Oh boy,
1: Doctor I did think that that was one of the the, uh,
2: the most oddly uh, effective promos that I've heard from Cena in a long time. Oh, I sure. think I think serious Cena without the without well, except for the maybe the joke at the end about burying or whatever, but. It, it, that Cena is just so much more effective. And I know you can't overuse it that much, but it's the way that he is able to sell a storyline. It's really, really underrated. I mean, the guy is, is still tremendous at promos, and I think we
0: overlook that a lot. Yeah, he just has to be in the right situation. And you know, the big thing is, <clears throat> I think that he's got one promo per feud in him. Yeah. But, and then by the time we get to like the week two and week three big promos. Then he's just like, he just gets silly, or like, it's all dick jokes, or it's weirdly, like, just like misogynistic. Like, you know, he just like go, he, he, like, his, his, like, second gear isn't is never an ideal spot. But his first, but like when he when he hits that one perfect promo in every in every feud, it's just amazing. Well I think it, it goes back to your point about
1: keeping the big stars off of T V for a while is if you have Cena coming out every week and cutting a promo in the ring, of course he's gonna get bored and he's gonna start to tell jokes or he's gonna be flippant uh, with the crowd. you have to say, okay, Cena, you're gonna you're gonna have your one big moment in the ring. And then we're going to do some other stuff. We're going to do some backstage stuff. We'll do some vignettes. And yeah, keep you from getting exhausted.
0: Yeah. Um, well, was there anything? I mean, the other my, the other weird notes that I have. One congratulations to Sam talking about skinny guys. Congratulations to Sami Zayn for being where he's being, and and more importantly, being where he is, and more importantly, for finally getting a black t shirt, which I think is the real. Signal that you've reached the upper echelon at WWE. They're no longer marketing this weird, like, military green shirt that you know. I'm sure somebody's excitedly wearing, but never would be me. <laughs> but it is still a caricature of him in a windbreaker and a and a pageboy hat. It's right? enough of a caricature that I'm okay with okay, it. I that's agree fine. with you, though. He's yeah. he's in a better spot than Del Rio, who's still wearing his League of Nations shirt from WrestleMania. <laughs> I have two special guests sitting here in this room right now, so I thought, what better a way to waste yours and everybody else's time than to make you guys draft for separate shows. Now, interesting thing from Raw was Steph trying really, really hard to put over SmackDown as the better show, which I think we're going to be seeing a lot of in the coming weeks. Um, that's what, you know, they have to do. Like, when they did the first brand split, they, Vince was SmackDown, and... and uh Ric Flair was holding down the Ford on Raw, but you know, Vince and, and The Rock like went to SmackDown. Like this is I, how they like launched the show. I do
2: have a stat for you. Oh, that's um, good. So Greg can suck it. Uh, March eighteenth, two thousand two, that's that's Brock's first appearance. And then March twenty
0: fifth, two thousand two, a week later. All right, that's, you were uh, right. That's why it was so surreal because I thought I was watching the next episode, and in fact I was watching the previous episode. Yeah. They did refer to Brock before I'm no I'm backtracking now, but um, they referred to Brock as the biggest free agent. In sports entertainment, which I love, it, it, it's it's appropriate to talk about now as we go into the, this brand split discussion because uh, because it's WWE issues so much of the reality, quote unquote, reality of the sports world, but they do love to talk about free agency as if this is a thing. You know, MVP was the free agent uh, AJ Styles, who when he just came back was the hottest free agent in uh, in pro wrestling. The it's it's nuts. And I've long been making the case that they needed to do a brand split specifically for the reason of integrating the full, like, like you know, trade rumors, all that kind of stuff, which is the reason why people pay attention to sports. Like, we need WWE's version of Hoops Hype. You know, we need Woj for WWE. <laughs> we need to, like, find ways to get us, get ourselves, like, excited about... The backstage minutia, but i think according to disco inferno you are the woge of the wwe <laughs> yeah he's misinformed about that it's but a shoe happy, bomb i'm no, happy to take bomb. on that mantle i'm happy to take on that mantle if it means that wrestling gets more interesting on like a day in day out basis and for the record more wrestling programming is not the correct answer hashtag shoe bomb kids um all right so listen um I don't really know if do you, do you. I'll let Dave go first. Would you prefer to be Raw or SmackDown, Dave? Uh, I think SmackDown is more of a challenge. So you're going to go SmackDown. Yes. So we're actually going to do a draft, a five-person draft, or five people each. Yeah. If you sure. guys have the same people, then we're just this whole thing's going to break down. I think we should also say
1: that tag teams should not be split up. Personally, I think that's what they're going to do. You they should that? not be
0: split up. We should not split up. Tag so okay, teams. so you can pick a tag team as one. So are we person. picking
2: tag teams. I did not prepare for this on my big board. Oh day. no!
0: It's okay. It's okay. If you don't need, you don't need tag teams to yeah, start I'm a not, show. I have no tag teams all, oh, either. Oh okay. It's one okay. to that's lay the ground. Unnecessary, unnecessary rule clarification. We're only doing singles wrestlers, and we're just going to go through. We're going to run through a top ten because I'm very interested to see. I've done. I've done zero research on the subject and I want to see where it comes out for you guys and make fun of you for uh, making decisions that I'm not forcing myself to make so oh, good because I've done entirely too much research alright
1: yeah I think I know <clears throat> With the number one pick
0: in the 2016 WWE Raw Smackdown draft Dave Schilling general manager of Smackdown selects Roman Reigns oh wow that's a really bold move I
1: know and let me give you some rationale for this so I see SmackDown, hopefully, uh, being the younger brand, where you've got Cena and you've got uh, Orton and Triple H on Raw. SmackDown should be built around these sort of young guys, and I think Roman Reigns can work the the styles uh, that Sami Zayn, AJ Styles uh kevin owens can work and that's sort of where i see smackdown going and roman can work both sides of the coin too he can be a heel he can be a baby
0: face he can do anything i really expected roman reigns to be that guy sitting there like with the eighth pick and you guys staring at each other trying to figure out who was going to take him just but, sad Nerland's noel sitting yeah there. exactly that's or the it. guy roman... with the gravity
1: bong on his face or the, the <laughs> um the gas uh, mask from yeah exactly. that's
0: it. yeah that's exact but like roman reigns is Roman Reigns is, a to- is both a totally legitimate number one pick and totally legitimate not on, not on anyone's draft board. Absolutely. He, he, is not, he did not get caught with, like a, with a gas mask bong, but like for some reason, that's his reputation. Um, that was a very ballsy pick for number one, and I like your idea about the difference between Raw and SmackDown. Unfortunately, uh, my buddy Blake here is not tethered by the rules that you laid out. <laughs> yeah. Blake, with the first pick of the Raw brand. It's
2: obviously Seth Rollins. Yeah, okay. Are you crazy? He does all the things that you said, except better okay. uh, and uh, and more effectively. He can play both sides of the. He can play absolutely both sides of the coin, uh, heel or face. My only my only thing is is he just had that devastating knee injury. Roman doesn't. Ha, Roman had a sports hernia, I think, and so yeah. that's really the only concern I had. And is, he had the, the, the nose, he had this like the sleep apnea nose job, right. or whatever. Yeah, no, he yeah. was, his wife was pissed because he was snoring a lot, so he had to get a.
1: He had to get it fixed or whatever. If you turn him heel, he's the biggest heel since uh Roman Reigns, Triple H. Absolutely.
0: Oh yeah, I think that's true. I biggest think it's heel
1: since Rock.
0: Yeah, he has a bright future. Don't get me. Don't get me wrong. I think that the hate is over. That, I mean, I, I, but I. I just. I don't think that he should have. I. Th- I think that he should have been in the top three or four.
2: I mean, can he play realistically though? Can he play heel? Like if he starts doing. He's all playing these, heel right now. Yeah. Well, I know, but but he's playing feel heel, almost. Not inadvertently, but playing heel because he's a face. If he actually tries to be a heel, there's no
1: proof that he can That's actually do that. It's a simple adjustment. It's a really simple adjustment. He's already very arrogant in the way that he uh, interacts with the crowd. He's already kind of working heel in his matches and that he's doing a lot of the, the grunt work. Well, he's I guess doing what like reverse I,
0: psychology right now. I like guess what's exciting exc- 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 me. Yeah, no, But I think that might be what a heel is right now. I mean, the, I don't know if you can be a straight up heel on the in the main event without being you know umaga even kevin owens gets a big pop when he comes out yeah, like a, a babyface pop yeah i think that's just inevitable in this day and age i think the most exciting thing to me about these first two picks though is that now we know we really know that the money in the bank main event match is not just for the wwe championship but for who really deserves to be the first pick in the draft <laughs> I think uh, you're right. all right dave who's your number two pick okay with the number two pick in the 2016
1: Uh, What are we calling this? The (laughs) Ross SmackDown Ross SmackDown mock draft. Yeah, Yeah. kill the momentum. I just wanted to make sure I got the nomenclature correct. Okay, I'll move on. The second pick is Sasha Banks, guys. Wow, Wow. Sasha Banks, the legit boss. That
0: is real. Again, again, a very, a very strong, very bold pick. I think that I have said in print. I mean, I've been on the record. Sasha Banks is the closest has the, is the only person on the roster that has the upside of the Rock right now, and who and she may never get there. But there's a lot of potential, and it's and that's that's important. They are booking her terribly, or not booking her at all. Uh, no. I don't understand that.
1: I think it's a complete waste of resources and talent. And you can build the women's division. Around Sasha Banks very effectively, so I think she's a cornerstone of SmackDown for me. She's the she's the next big thing. That's a great pick. Thank you.
0: Damn it,
1: um, Blake. Do you have a, do you have a number two pick prepared? Yeah, but it's not as good as that. I'm sorry.
2: I'm color I'm color coding my my big board. I've red and blue. You here. really ha- are
0: you like running like a Trello um, board over there to figure out who your draft pick? No, is? it's through my Zanga I, site. I, I did so this it's... on the toilet, so I don't understand why. This is all taking... You know, I for, I'm sorry. I have a note here. I forgot to mention the last round. Seth Rollins at a house show joined the club this weekend. Did you guys see that news? What? No. no really? Yeah, they were like the fan photos of him doing the Wolfpack kiss, like, you know, the little like Wolfpack, whatever that is with, uh, with AJ Styles. I think that they're just, they're not only are they, have they imported the gimmick of the club wholesale from New Japan, but they're also just doing the thing where like every heel joins just to like reinforce their heelness. I don't think that he's actually going to join in real life, but I think that like it's a great little thing to run at a house show to make people just to make us talk about it on podcasts. Exactly. You know, yeah. Anyway, Blake, your number two pick. My for number Raw. two pick will be John Cena. Wow, yeah. great choice. It's hard. It's hard to disagree with that. I mean, it's for the, all the reasons I said Roman Reigns was was a little bit sketchy. It's I think John Cena. You can you can you can say the same things. Although John Cena is a super duper star and. I think right now, I mean, once you get to the fourth pick in the draft,
2: you're
1: right. You, you got to I mean, you couldn't gonna, say
0: anything bad about anybody that's headlined. Really, I'm going to just West.
2: steal what you said the other day, which is, if you start an NBA team now, you you know you might want to take Seth Rollins or Roman Reigns or like the Kevin Durant's or the Russell Westbrook's of the world or the Steph Curry's. But if you, see, if you see LeBron James on the board, which is John Cena for all intents and purposes sure. of, of this draft, you take LeBron James. He might be a little bit older. You might be worried about him breaking down. Yeah.
0: But, but I think there's a strong argument that if you're starting an NBA team from scratch and you know with 100% certainty that LeBron's going to retire in three years, you still take LeBron number one. Absolutely. I don't think that you do it. But like I think that you may like you sit around thinking about that for days, you know. And especially it's- in a wrestling
1: context, John Cena has so much heat that he can transfer over to anybody that you draft that's a younger guy. Sure. Like if he lays down for Seth
0: Rollins, it's it's meaningful. If he lays down for Kofi Kingston Listen, if you pick him. I've been saying forever the most important thing about John Cena is that he makes the wrestlers we care about matter. And you can see that he's really embraced that. Like his feud with AJ and the club right now is so much more interesting because he's he it's not just that he's allowing them to get in the ring with him and and you know get some rub, but it's like totally legitimate. Like they're they're he he like he's invested himself in this feud in a way that he maybe hasn't a hundred percent always in the past. Anyway, I I think that John Cena is an impeccable pick, um, at number four anyway. Dave, who you got at number five? Okay, uh, my next pick is Kevin Owens. Wow, Blake is Blake is reacting really strongly. He she, I'm apparently, just he's apparently cherry picking all the best he's Fucking up my board, Dave. That's it. This he is what's going to happen. Red sheet over here. I think we I do have a spreadsheet. Have, this is insane. You're ruining it. All. We all know you got you got to be one step ahead, Blake, which is hard when you're picking second. I know, but the uh it's, You're the Eric Bischoff of this model. It's okay. Draft you're going to get sure. better ratings. You're raw. <laughs> That's right. true. Uh, this
2: this is inherently
0: this is chicanery. Well, well I never have to go against Monday Night Football, though. Um Let's like. Is there an argument for Kevin Owens? Is is where would you if, would you have picked Kevin Owens as a pick, Blake? Yes, he was number four all on right. the board. I
1: think he's the best worker in the company right now on a consistent basis. He cuts the best promos, and
0: uh, I just think that he can do anything. He can do it all. Yeah. No, I don't think I don't think you even have to make the case for Kevin Owens. But uh, we let's uh, let's keep moving ahead because. I mean, I, I'm wondering. I guess my question is: How if Kevin Owens could have gone higher? Could Kevin, Kevin Owens, he could have been a number one pick. He could have been a number one or definitely a number two. Blake, who do you maybe maybe you should have looked at him a little bit higher, Blake? Who do I, you I I you know, I did. I had their ages here, and Kevin Owens is thirty-two,
2: Roman is thirty-one, set this I'm seriously prepared for this shit. This uh, is crazy. Uh Seth is they're, might, they're all around the Shane, same age. Shane
0: McMahon, if Shane McMahon, if you want to get in touch with me, because if you have a real numbers cruncher sitting next to you at the draft, if you I'm need for your, higher. If you need your I'll Daryl Mori, then we have we, we can my buddy Blake is available. <laughs> Pro Wrestling Analytics is gonna be yeah, a I'm, thing very I'm, soon. It's my favorite be metrics, than man, man? from day one. <laughs> the uh yeah. Okay, Blake, who you got?
2: All right, so this is uh with the number what number third round pick, number 6 pick. Yeah. Uh despite scheduling, despite appearances, oh, wow. I'm going to
0: take Brock Lesnar. Wow, great. This is you you're you're actually you are drafting raw the way that chilling wanted you to draft raw He's basically. You doing it perfectly. Yeah, yeah so cuz I've got all the like hot young talent and you've got Brock and Cena, it's perfect. And this is really incredible. But when you,
2: I mean even for, you know, if it wasn't for 15 appearances a year, or 20 appearances a year or whatever, there, I mean, there's no question Brock would be number one, right? If he was doing 52 weeks of TV a oh, year. Oh, yeah. No question at all. Yeah.
0: So uh, is your next question is it whether or not Kurt Angle is available for the draft? Because I think this is the show that you're working on. <laughs> is he a free on, right? agent? Yeah. I'm doing it. Um, all right. All right. Dave, let's, skip, let, let's run through the rest of these. Do you have more people on your board? I have two more, because you said to prepare five. Oh, yeah. Well, I guess so, I guess that's my fault.
1: Sammy Zane, because I cannot separate Sammy and Kevin Owens. They All have right. to be able to work together. And with my final pick, I select Disco Inferno. <laughs> no. I'm picking The Miz. I'm picking The Miz because... Miz. Wow. One of the best heels, not the best heel. I love the, the best I love the Miz. I love the
0: Miz. I think maybe you could have picked him up as an undrafted free agent. Blake, who do, who were your last two? Are you kidding me? The Miz is great. G- I guess my last and two, and I get
1: Maurice too.
2: I so. had, well, oh, that's a pretty good one. My last two, I had uh, I had AJ Styles.
1: I mean, who guy could, can work. I'm, he could have been a number one. He pick. could have been number one pick. I should have taken AJ Styles uh, and, not the and Miz. then
2: uh, and then the last guy in my draft board or the next guy in my draft board was uh, was Finn Balor. Yeah. Finn Balor at uh, for the last pick. I mean, he's largely, I guess, unproven, literally unproven. But he's great.
0: Uh, that's a does high the guy upside. not look like a
2: star? Does the guy not? Oh, look... I think
0: I think after Sasha Banks, I mean, he's, I think he's the. I, I said I compared Sasha Banks to The Rock, and obviously that's a little bit of hyperbole. But I think Finn's the only. I think Finn's got the most upside coming out of developmental since Cena. I mean, I think, I mean, and, and he has, he probably has a little bit of like, it's like a steeper, like whatever, like the arc is not going to be as straight a line for him as Cena, but I think that he's got that kind of upside. The,
1: there's something about his character that feels modern, whereas you think about a lot of like the Roman reigns of the world kind of feel like, uh retreads of characters you've seen before and Finn, ba- Finn Balor feels like That's what, exactly, a millennial professional wrestling character. Exactly what I was going to say
2: is that he doesn't doesn't feel like Rock, he doesn't feel like Austin, he doesn't feel like Cena. He feels like maybe how Roman
0: Reigns should have been yeah. as kind of a more modern face of the company, so He's, to speak. You think I mean would you put Punk and Bryan in the in the in the category of Absolutely. modern wrestlers? Yes. Yeah. yes. All right. So we got to get out of here. We've 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 used up all of our of all of our time. But there's a couple of things I want to touch on. One, shame on both of you for not drafting Darren Young because he's
2: Oh, <laughs> I think man. I saw Darren Young running
0: as I drove here today, oddly enough. Was he enough. being made great again? Was He was I he, mean, back Backl- yeah. Backl- on a bicycle walk. next yeah, to Yeah, yesterday. Keep so. moving. But if we're talking about uh, one last news by I, I want to get out there and I, I didn't ask you guys to even prepare for this. I, I totally forgot about it until this conversation came up. But WWE just signed Tommy End who is a professional wrestler from the Netherlands who is the best wrestler, just the best wrestler. He is like if CM Punk uh and Daniel Bryan and like Davey Richards had like a okay. three-way child. He's incredible. He's like if you he actually wrestled a uh a a semi-famous indie match in Europe against against Brian Danielson back in the day that was like uh like strong style rules where they were just like kicking each other really hard and then like recoiling like crazy from the kicks um it was an in that from that guy you would never thought he's going to be the next big thing or whatever but he i think he got a bunch more tattoos and grew his hair and beard out and now he is like he does a lot of like the kicky stompy stuff that the indie guys do but it's really legit the way he does it and i think that I think if talk about upside, like who knows he this guy could this guy could really be so a he's thing. like five six or five seven or something like that. No, 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 no. He's he could be like six feet tall. Okay, is he, he going? Could be. Is he going to NXT or is he going straight? He's to going straight. To NXT for sure. He's got a little. He's got a ways to go. Like he wrestled Hero not that long ago and didn't look significantly smaller than Chris Hero. Okay, that so. still means that he's not huge. Oh, in real life, yes. Uh, yeah. My guess is he's probably five ten or something. But like, he's he's big enough in this day and age. Yeah, you don't have to. He's be bigger. A than, he's bigger than Finn Balor, who you had on your draft board. That's, That's one true. of the reasons
1: why I thought not to pick him is because of his his height issue, and because <laughs> he's not height issue. Right, calm just, down, Vince. It's, it's yeah. not a height <laughs> well, issue. I mean, I don't know him. Some against... of us aren't born like you. I, all right. Some fine. of us are born small. Finn Balor, if you're listening to this, I apologize. You're just tall enough. just wow tall enough enough.
0: anyway everybody go watch tommy and videos on youtube there are like three of them but it's totally worth checking out he's done some cool stuff for for american indies like he's he's been around a lot but also just like the compilation packages i want to know who these guys are that do like the 10 best moves of every indie wrestler on youtube i mean that's a lot of work Those those are the heroes of this country those are the true heroes at least of the wrestling at least of the the internet wrestling community um so anyway, appreciate you guys coming by. I think that you're both you both have real futures as a professional wrestling television show GMs. Um, <laughs> it's a hard climb up the ladder past all the other you know guys who watch video and, and, and sweep the floors. But I, I really I wish you guys all the best. Um, pick yeah. do, give me since you guys probably won't be around. Give me your picks for Brock Lesnar versus Mark Hunt, and let's get out of here. Mark Hunt's winning.
2: I think Mark Hunt is absolutely winning.
0: Yeah. I'm going to take Brock Lesnar just because it's more fun to cheer for my heroes. Oh, that's cool. Aww, man. That's and I sweet. hope everybody at home listening to this is cheering for your heroes. <laughs> I can't even say it right. <gasps> Keep cheering for your heroes, humanoids.